Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Blind Boys Politics. Nicholas Rod here, Chris Baker here with you for this Friday morning news show. Chris, give us the weather, would you? In Los Angeles, California, it's sunny and 91 with a sunny weekend. In Houston, Texas, there's thunderstorms 74 and more thunderstorms through the weekend. In Chicago, Illinois, it is sunny and 53 with a cloudy weekend. In New York City, it's partly cloudy 68 with a partly cloudy weekend. Fun times. So, uh, Chris, we, we made it to Friday. We survived another week. How, how has it been? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> done with this week are you yes hmm. it's been a busy week yeah and that's something because i have today off i do agree that it's been a busy week no doubt this week has been filled to the brim for me but uh Ugh. we made it through we survived and that's all that matters <laughs> You know, I've decided, Mm -hmm. I don't know what I've decided, but I've decided (laughs) that this week has been just so long, I don't know why. I'm tempted to tell you, Nick, (laughs) enjoy the weekend, keeping up with everything, because I'm taking the weekend off. (laughs) But I can't do that to you, because I know how desperately you need your boss secretary here. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's interesting, because it's been a busy week for both of us, as we've stated for you, you say it's been the longest week for me. This week has absolutely flown by. I don't know what it is. And this is something that happened last week to me too. Cause last week was a pretty busy week. Also, it just absolutely flew. And the worst part was it didn't slow down for the weekend. So I'm hoping that this time around, it's a little kinder to me, but I don't expect it to happen. You know what I expect to happen? What's that? I wake up tomorrow and I'm just done through graduation. (laughs) Just give up. My senioritis is in full effect. Yeah, I'm trying to keep mine at bay. um, And I kind of have to right now. You know, I've got a few big assignments and a few big events kind of coming together right around this time. Uh, after we finish recording this, I get to finish a uh, book report, which will be fun. And then on Monday, I take a, an AP exam. So, you know, some big things kind of happening where I have to uh, put some work in, put some effort in and keep the senioritis away. But after that, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. Well, sounds like Nick's got a busy night. I don't because I got tomorrow off. So I'm just going to go to bed and wake up when I wake up. Uh-huh. But for common courtesy to Nick, instead of going on and on and on about the delicious chocolate chip cookies that I want to make tomorrow, <laughs> let's get into the news. I want cookies now. I don't like Too bad, you don't get any of my cookies. Oh. Well, Maybe yes. I'll mail some to you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. So moving into the news, are you fully vaccinated? In most cases, you don't need to be wearing a mask. At least when you're outdoors. The CDC issued new guidance regarding wearing masks Monday, and that guidance came in the form of a graphic. Green means safe, yellow means less safe, and red means not safe at all. The activities are listed down the middle of the graphic, and you can see on the right side, those who are fully vaccinated, all activities are safe. 
there were some still requiring masks, for example, indoor events. But if you are fully vaccinated, you do not need to wear a mask outdoors, whether you are working out or attending a small gathering of others. The CDC says that you are considered fully vaccinated two weeks after your final shot. For those that are not fully vaccinated, the guidance says that you must keep your mask on for almost every activity and only a few are safe. To see the graphic for yourself or to read more about the science behind these new guidelines, you can go to cdc.gov or click the link in the show notes. The census is out and depending on the state you live in, you might be gaining or losing a Congress member. So remember last year when the census was conducted, well, the results are in, like we've said before, representatives are based off of the populations in the census that is conducted every 10 years is the mechanism to measure the population. So who is gaining house seats and who is losing members? According to the Census Bureau, Six states are gaining. Texas is gaining two representatives. Colorado, Florida, Montana, North Carolina, and Oregon are all gaining one. On the other hand, some states are losing seats. These include California, Illinois, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. They all lose one seat. Even though California is the most populated state in the country with 39,538,233 people living in the state, Texas gained the most over the past 10 years, adding nearly 4 million people since 2010, which brings the population to 29,145,505 people. The fastest growing state was Utah, which increased 18.4% since 2010 and now has over 3 million residents. The least popular state is Wyoming, with a population of 576,851 residents. Officially, the U.S. is home to 331 million, 449,281 people. On the eve of President Biden's 100 days in office, he addressed a joint session in Congress. The speech was his first joint session, but it looked a lot different than he usually does. Usually, these types of speeches attract almost all 535 members of the House and Senate, plus their guests, plus the Supreme Court justice, plus cabinet secretaries, and lots of media. And the House chambers are usually packed, as you can imagine. But because of social distancing this time around, the Sergeant at Arms capped the audience at 200 people, even though the House chamber could accommodate up to 1,500 people. That means some lawmakers did not get an invite, nor did any of their guests. Plus, only the Chief's Chief Justice John Roberts from the Supreme Court was invited, and only two cabinet members were in attendance. Though the president is speaking to a joint session of Congress, this is not considered a formal State of the Union address because technically 
presidents don't give that speech until their second year in office. Here's what he talked about. He talked about the accomplishments of delivering more than 200 million COVID-19 vaccines, getting the COVID-19 infection rate down, and passing the American Rescue Plan. He also talked about the American Jobs Plan, introduced the American Families Plan. He also touched on the importance of passing the George Floyd Bill. President Biden's um, speech to Congress was about an hour and 10 minutes. And then the Republican Senator Tim Scott responded to it saying that he wanted to pass a police reform bill, but Democrats shot him down and they are trying to push a Democratic agenda more than anything. This now leads us to some talk about the American Families Plan. Remember how we talked about the passing of a two-part stimulus package, part one being the American Jobs Plan, and the second part is the American Families Plan. Part two, the American Families Plan, is out. Uh, The president has unveiled his $1.8 trillion families plan. First off, before anything else, let's just make it clear that neither parts of this stimulus package have a stimulus check for the people, nor do they have a $15,000 first time home buyer credit, and nor do they have student loan forgiveness. They're not included. So don't believe those that have told you otherwise. So what is in the plan? Extension of the enhanced child tax credit with the monthly payment optional $225 billion for the affordable child care families earning 1.5 times the state median income will pay no more than 7% of their income on child care for kids younger than five, provide total of 12 weeks for guaranteed at least partial pay, paid parent leave, family, and personal illness leave by the 10th year of the program, provide two years free community college, Invest in $200 billion in universal pre-K for all three- and four-year-olds through a national partnership with states. Permanently extend the more generous health care subsidies approved in the last stimulus law and make permanent expansion of the earned income tax credit for workers without children. So how is this plan being paid for? The president suggests increasing the marginal income tax for the top 1% uh, of income earners to 39.6%. It was 37%. And requiring families earning more than $1 million a year to pay higher taxes on capital gains by increasing that rate to 39.6%. This is only a proposal, of course, and everything is subject to negotiation and change as we move forward. So Wednesday, the IRS issued new guidance on the increased child tax credit and the monthly payment starting in July. The most important thing for you to understand is if you want to take advantage of the monthly option, you need to file your 2020 taxes. The IRS will determine your monthly amount 
on the return. The IRS is also encouraging you to file electronically because it's the easiest way to get the money to you. The increased credit and monthly option is only at this point is only valid for the 2021 tax year. Now, let's look at what the qualifications are for this. If you filed jointly or are married and make less than 150000 per year, you qualify. If you're the head of house and are making less than 112500 uh, a year, you qualify. Or if you file single and make less than 75000 per year, you qualify. If you qualify, you probably want to know what you'll get. You'll get $3,600 for children uh, zero to five years old and have not attained the age of six by the end of the taxable year, and $3,000 for children six to 17 years old who will not attain the age of 18 by the end of the taxable year. If you decide to get monthly payments, for children under the age of five, you will get $300 per month from July until December. And for children six to 17 years old, you will receive $250 per month between July and December. If you want the monthly option, you will have had to have had a main home in the US for more than a half year if you would rather not do the monthly payment and you would rather take the full credit when you file your 2021 taxes in 2022, you will have the opportunity to opt out. You will also have the opportunity to update information like income, filing status, and number of qualified children. Those details are still to come, so just wait and we'll let you know as soon as we find out. But now let's get into some rapid news. Um, we only got one this week, and it is President Biden's joint session of Congress had a total of 22,600,000 viewers. Nick, tell us some good news. All right. So for today's good news story, it, it's kind of uh, interesting because it has some uh, sad but very touching elements to it because um, – a mother received a call one day uh, that her son was in an accident and um, that he wasn't going to make it. So she got to the hospital and she decided that um, her son would become an, an organ donor. So the process started, um, you know, a number of his organs were taken and then there was one that uh, is where this article was centered. This man, he was a biker for a lot of his younger life. You know, he, he was still pretty young at the time of this article. He was 33 or so. Um, but he had struggled with a lot of different problems when he was, you know, in his teens and in his 20s. He dealt with leukemia which eventually led to heart problems uh, down the line. And it got to a point where he needed to have a, an electronic device hooked to him at all times to do 
to help with the pumping of his heart. Uh, but it eventually got so bad that they tried to, uh, you know, put him on the list for a heart transplant. And, um, you know, the boy who became an organ donor, his heart went to this man. And uh, once the heart transplant was completed, you know, he slowly began his recovery, started doing the rehab and all that. And he started eventually to get back on the bike first started out with the stationary bike in the rehab center, and then eventually got back on, you know, on the road and on road biking. Well, with everything that happened, the mother wanted to send letters out to those people that she knew had gotten uh, transplants using the organs from her son. And so she sent the letters out and eventually uh, the man who got the heart uh, received the letter and he read it and it just took him forever to, to process the whole thing. And he decided to write back and ask if the mom wanted to stay in touch. So they started talking, started talking, and the man decided that when he was at full strength again, he would bike across the country to meet the mother and to give a little thanks for everything that had, you know, to give a thanks for um, just being able to survive. You know, it was her son's heart that allowed him to survive. And he just wanted to say thank you to her and her son. Um, and so he recovered and they made the trip. He took um, a friend and a doctor with him and he rode from San Diego all the way to Jacksonville, Florida, which if you are wondering is 1,426 miles. And he rode that entire way pretty much all on his bike and did end up meeting the mother and it was a very tearful and uh emotional uh greeting it, it was just incredible to read this is a very interesting news story because mother gets a call that her son's been in a car accident he, he's gone brain dead you know this is usually the decision it's a hard decision, but especially for a parent to make the decision of either to donate or do not donate their child's organs or even a loved one's organs. It's not an easy decision. And if they decide yes to donate them, that's usually the end of the, you know, there's usually no closure for the loved one of who's getting it or anything. But somehow this mom got in contact with the person that got the heart transplant and then those two stayed in touch and then he made a 1400 mile bike ride across country to meet her just to th say thank you that, thank you to her crazy because it's a big event that it's, first of all it's crazy it's great that you thank her and it's just something that's unheard of yeah i mean it's unheard of to hear someone bike across the country let alone to thank someone for their son's heart yeah, and one of the most touching parts came right at the end of the article because it ended, you know, the article ended 
with uh, them grabbing a stethoscope from the RV that traveled uh, with the man uh, along his journey where the doctor was riding throughout the whole thing. And, uh, you know, the mom got to hear the heart beating in his chest, got to know that it was her son's heart beating in his chest. And it just, it, the article ended with it saying that, you know, her son was alive in this man. His heart was still alive. That, that's a great story. It's unique. It's special. It's just it's emotional. a really special story. Yeah, it is. Good job on this one night. Um, that is the end of this Friday morning news episode. I hope you all enjoyed. Make sure you follow us on our Blind Boys Politics Twitter account for the latest 24-hour breaking news so you're always in the know. And make sure you follow us on our personal accounts to see what we're up to and read our most recent news article. Nick just wrote about Rudy Giuliani's house being raided by the FBI for an investigation. For more information about that, make sure you check out that article. But until Monday morning, hope you all have a great weekend. See you guys.